Hello, friend. Welcome back to Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel. I am your host, Neil Helligers, and I am your host, Neil Helligers. I, I, I promise I will. I'm only going to make that joke like one or maybe two more times per Neil from here on out. I promise. I promise. So we are going to continue our multi-dimensional trip down the rabbit hole uh, with Overleaper. Um, the first hole to your left right here, if you would this way, is a word from our sponsor. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And our next hole, um, well, I guess it's kind of a, a meta hole, so it's a meta metaphysical hole. Um, we talked last time about our intrepid writer, Sam Bush, and let's not go any further without mentioning our incredible lead, Thora Birch. Um, you've seen her in American Beauty, you've seen her in Ghost World and The Walking Dead. She's a great actor, and you can really hear here how um, she's playing the same character. It's not like two different characters. Any voice actor can just be two different people. It's, this, it's the same Audrey, but with completely different motivations. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's driving Overleaper Audrey as well, too, as well as the Audrey in a cave. So let's get back to it right now. I'm Neil Helligers. This is Adrenaline, and this is Overleaper Episode 3. Operation Overleaper. Leap Day 2. Bagram Air Base, Afghanistan. I wake up before sunrise. At first, I don't know where I am and it all comes crashing back, just like it has most mornings for over a year. I have to bite down on the pillow to keep from weeping. Lydia, a pain past bearing. If only my daughter were alive in this dimension, I'd ask my SVS handler over and over to find a way to send me to a dimension with Lydia in it. Begged, really. But the quantum physicists had been clear. Of all the infinite possibilities, there is only one portal available. This one. A split in timelines exactly 365 days from my own. 35 days after this universe's Lydia died. In a way, I think I've done the Audrey in this dimension a favor throwing her into that cell. 
A few hard days with no light and no water? Then that woman's pain will be over. I won't be far behind her. The Soviskan scientists debriefed me thoroughly on what I could expect when I went through the Shaska Sonsa. A high dose of radiation, skin on fire, cramps, some minor hair loss, and only a week to live. I'm not planning on using the whole week anyway. I'll end it all before the jump effects take me down. I take in the unpainted plywood walls of the small dormitory of the base in Bagram. I may have lost everything, but I still have this. My mission. My revenge. A few minutes later, I'm out on the dusty airfield. A beefy man with wet plastered hair idles at the edge of the tarmac. Hey, you going up in this with us? He's part of a cluster of men, rubbing their hands together and hopping up and down in the morning chill. I take in his officer's badge. He's a drone operator. An artery pulses in my neck. Because of Lydia, I hate them most of all. I turn his shoulder and walk on. You're an icy one. Oh, what's that CCD patch on uniform me? Cold can of tuna? <laughs> Ignore him. Hey, it's a 10-hour flight to Romania in close quarters. Gonna feel like twice that if we can't get along. You want to get along with me? Keep your quiche hole shut and we'll hit it off just fine. Oh, that's more like it, honey. A nice spark of fire. <laughs> My handler's instructions had been well-defined. Interact only when completely necessary. No drawing attention, no memorable acts, and absolutely no trouble. I deliver a hard ballistic punch right into his solar plexus. His face reddens as he bends forward, but there's still fight in him. Bitch. <laughs> Look at that crouch, that stance, a boxer. But boxing has rules. Sistema Spetsnaz does not. Rules create habit. Habit leads to openings. I grab his head with two hands, yank his neck back, and give a final strike. He isn't dead, but he'll be on a different flight home. Now. The eyes of every officer in 200 feet are on me. Military justice will be close behind. What's going on here? Am I gonna have to get the MPs up on this? What the hell happened here? Uh, no. Just... Don't call anyone. No need for military police. Just a little fun. Got carried away is all. <laughs> He'll be fine. Goddamn operators think they can do whatever the hell they want. You ought to feel bad about this, Sergeant. I do, but not because of the drone pilot. Because I was reckless. But somehow, I've avoided an abort call. I smile. I can do this. Within 48 hours, the mission will be finished and the President of the United States will be dead.
inside the Sobiskan mountaintop prison, Safed Quers Mountains, Afghanistan. Oscar is dead when I wake up. He's not a pretty corpse. I've seen worse, I guess. I wipe his eyes closed. Thanks for the company. Now that he's gone, the isolation of this cell hangs thicker. Now I get to spend my last remaining days drinking my own pee and making small talk with a stiff. <sighs> Fuck. What? The cell starts to spin again and shake. Oh, no, 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 God damn it. God damn it, God damn it, God damn it. The waves of motion are rough. The tremor sends me sprawling. Oscar falls over me, dead weight and putrid. I push him off me and grab at the bars of my cell, teeth knocking together in my head. Finally, the quaking stops. Okay, okay. It's nothing too out of the ordinary. This is earthquake country. I've seen upheavals like this before, just not from within the epicenter of a mountain. I wipe the sweat off my face. When I find you, Spencer Chase, I'm gonna throw you off a goddamn cliff for luring me in here. I push myself up, and all at once the fear leaves me. I push again. Then I shake the bars. <clears throat> oh, let's play. The steel frame is loose on its hinges. I kick at the bars. Come on! Come on! Damn it, I need to get out of here. I slam with my shoulder. Oh, come on! Please, please. Come on. Yes! A five-inch bolt slips from the wall. I slip my arm through the bars, twist it, and pull. Then it's out and in my hand. I hold it up in the semi-darkness. <laughs> I got you, you rusty bastard. It takes me the better part of an hour to kick, tug, and pound my way through the next 10 bolts, each one easier than the last. I push against the frame and slip into the open space. I pick up my pistol with its attached LED light. I'm out. Into the same room where I fought that look-alike. If Oscar was right and she was me, how could he explain the superiority of her hand-to-hand -hand combat? I'll think about it later. A me from another dimension. That's absurd. Get a hold of yourself. I slink forward around the curved corridor, toward the door at the mouth of the mountain, my pistol gripped in two hands. I see the exit at the far end. The door is unmarked. Just a red slab, perfectly mounted into the metal wall without a jam or seam. There's gotta be a way out. Use your brain, dummy. I shine my light over the even plane of the door. No hints on how to unlock it, no keyhole, no hinges, no sweep or sill at the bottom. 
I run my hand over the matte metal matrix on the side. Nothing. But as I pull away, a keypad screen appears. Here we go. I run a finger over the glowing access pad. Get the four number code right, get freedom. Fail, stay in here forever. Okay. Shake it out, stay calm, you can do this. Some passwords are random, but most aren't. Wedding anniversaries, important dates, easy numbers to memorize. I input the sequence one, two, three, four and bite my lip. A red flash. Shit. And the number two appears next to the now blank boxes. Not many opportunities left to screw this up. What do I know about my situation? Not much. And most of it comes from a physicist who is either a terrorist, a nut job, or both. I know the door is of Saviskin origin. So what numbers would be important to the Saviskins? The publication of their manifesto? The founding of their nation? I'd go with the fall of the empire, remembering that the Saviskins put day before month. Christmas Day, 1991. I enter 2512. Another red flash. God damn it. The number one appears. Just one chance left. What do you do now, Audrey? What are the facts? What can you infer? Nothing. But what if everything Oscar said was true? That the Saviskins have developed futuristic technology, dimension hopping, parallel universes, other versions of each of us, of me. If that woman was another me, what number means the most to her, or to me? I type it in. One zero, two zero. October 20th, my daughter Lydia's birthday. My finger brushes the final digit and I hold my breath. A green light. The reader blends back in with the metal of the wall. There's a hiss of repressurization, a cold gust. The door opens. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we 
are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I take in the earthquake's dirty work, a bank of snow avalanched across the far cliff face, burying everything in its path. A small throw covers part of the tents. I shuffle towards the Marines gathered around them. It's Valdo and Hicks. Two clicks in my ear tells me he's heard me. Then the one, Arby, his name was, clears his Klashnikov. Whoa, whoa, what, what the hell kind of name is that? Arby's? Like the roast beef place? Nah, Arby was a Chechen. Can I get back to the story? Oh, yeah, but Chechnya? What were you doing there? Not important. Well, I just, I just want to know what you had downrange in that part of the world. Hey, boys. <laughs> Am I glad to see you? What the? Staff Sergeant Beach. But how the hell are you here? I've got the same question myself. I mean, you you and Chase flew to Bagram. Uh, look, it, it's been a weird time, to say the least. Uh, I've been locked up in there all damn night. All night? You weren't in there but ten minutes. We've been... Don't you move. Hicks jerks up the M16 that he's been dangling on a shoulder sling and aims at me. Hicks? I dive. A shot takes off a scrape of yellow Teflon from my suit. I roll about 12 feet before I've got my back up against a boulder. I clamber to my knees and peer over the rock. Hicks isn't on me anymore. Valdo's got his service weapon up, stalemate style. Jesus Christ! What the hell are you doing, Chris? Put it down, Birdo. I don't need you dead in this, too. Drop the damn rifle in the snow! Orders. Orders. Oh, shit! I protect my head and take cover behind the boulder. I've got to go back. I make it to Valdo first. Turn him over. He's dead. His flak jacket stopped the first two rounds and the rest left a hole the size of Oregon in his neck. Hicks is dead too. He took two just beneath the lip of his helmet. One would have done the trick. With two, there's no recognizing the guy. What made him do this? And what was it that he had said before he died? Orders, he said. Oscar's words echo in my mind. What could your red twin possibly do that would benefit them the most. I shake my head. Can't think about that now. I can't bury the bodies. It's a crime scene. All I can focus on is getting the hell off this mountain. I find the radios. The antennas are snapped off. Transformers ripped out. Damn it. No calling for help. So all there is to it is to grab some gear and hit the rat lines out of here. I strip off my hazmat suit. Yellow was never my color anyway. I grab one of the Marines' rucksacks, load it up with water, an M16, and all the magazines I can stuff into the pockets. I've got a pretty good chance of making it to the bottom. And if not, well, hell, I'll make one tough-looking corpse. Operation Overleaper, Leap Day 2, 
approaching Mihail Kogalniciano Airport, Romania. After hours in the Chinook, we finally begin our descent. The airspace of Mihail Kogalniciano, the Romanian airport by the Black Sea. No one has so much as looked my way for the last hour. That's what beating up one of their boys will get you. Peace and quiet. I take in the airport as we touch down. To the average Romanian, it's just another international airport. But it's also a black site for the CIA. As I step out of the Chinook, I notice a soldier jogging in my direction. Staff Sergeant Audrey Beach. That's me. I'm gonna need you to come with me. What I need is to get that Airbus to DC. I don't have time for whatever this game is. I've been cleared to board an Airbus at 1400 hours. I'm afraid I insist, Sergeant. Orders. What's this about, Corporal? Clearance. Something about a polygraph to clear you before you go stateside. Roger that. I keep my face carefully blank. Shit. A polygraph. I'll need all my SVS training to get through this. I knew what I was getting into when I boarded the Chinook for this place. It isn't just an airport. It's also the front lines for U.S. intelligence services, where I have to get an all-clear before going stateside. All right, let's begin. Is your name Audrey Eleanor Beach? Yes. Uh-huh. Rank of staff, Sergeant? Yes. The agent conducting the polygraph test steeples his fingers and leads back in his chair behind his laptop. I may have gotten past the army without this nonsense, but the CIA is a different matter. They can't really tell if I'm lying. They can only see what questions make me nervous. I need to get my heart rate going, just a little, so I won't get caught. I pull up a memory. My first mission as a newly minted combat controller. Jumping out a chopper and dodging bullets in the hills of Turkmenistan. Only 24. It's working. Good. Have you ever killed anyone? Yes. Hmm. How many? Too many. Tell me what you mean by too many. I must have spiked more than intended. How would you feel if you'd stacked as many bodies as I have? Answer the question. <sighs> I regret the number of people I've killed. That is a lie. I never killed anyone who didn't deserve it. And when I kill next, for the Saviskins, I'll have no regrets there, either. What was behind the red door? There it is. The real question. I need to relax. Think of drinking Dos Equis on a Baja beach. I can't tell you. Why not? It's a matter of national security. Hmm. Have you ever betrayed your country? No. Then why can't you tell us what's through the door? Is there something back there you don't want us to know about? I can't tell you because it's sensitive compartmented information. You're on the outside. I see. And where's Colonel Chase? I don't know. I think you do know. I beg to defer. Answer the question. When did you see him last? Before I stepped through the door. The red door at Safed Quarters? What other door could I mean? Take it seriously, Miss Beach. This is just level one. The door opens. A mid-level army officer pokes his head in. 
Hey, we're getting some pressure to move on this, Mike. Can you wrap it up? Look, I'm not done quite yet. She has a couple of flutters. The Brigadier General says you gotta give us a preliminary up or down. So what's it gonna be? Do we get to send her down to level two? Or can we get her on a commercial flight? Look, I've gotta review the charts before I can release her. Come on, Mike. I'm hearing it from the top. Our marker is without deception, okay? She's all yours. Great! We got an Airbus A320 leaving for London in 20 minutes. Goddamn pencil pushers. Unbelievable. I stand and begin removing the tubes and monitors. I did it. Maybe my handler was right. Maybe I'm one of the really good ones. Okay, well, I uh, I did ask and I uh, did receive um, some real uh, tragic stuff, actually, about what's driving Overly Bar Audrey and causing her to pick fights with drone operators. Um, my other big takeaway is that I need to go right now and change all of my passwords, especially the ones with um, key dates. So uh, we also love what's going on here. And this is in the writing, this is in the performance and the production is that you really still don't know who we can trust here, who we can get behind. And I love walking that line with these kinds of stories as well too. So now that Audrey is out of the cave and uh, coming down the mountain, um, we are gonna see what happens next time. So I will see you there. I can't wait. You can't wait. Well, we're gonna have to wait. Or, you know, maybe you're just clicking on the next one right now. Maybe you're binging. You're probably binging. I know. I know it. I am too. Does not make us bad people. Anyway, uh, I am your host, Neil Helligers. Thank you for listening to Adrenaline, and I will see you when I see you and you. You're listening to Adrenaline Overleaper. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Overleaper is a Realm original production, created and written by Sam Bush, produced by Diana M. Foe, Fred Greenhalge, and Haley Wagreich. Additional story production by Nicole Otto and Marco Palmieri, directed by Fred Greenhalge, executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman, starring Thora Birch, Yolise Arroyo, Jordan Batiste, Peter Burkrot, Janet Boris, Gilbert Glenn Brown, Hector Luis Bustamante, Chris Cleveland, Ryan Coyle, Stephanie Diaz, Richard Doyle, Kate Elefante, Mark Engelhart, Maricilda Garcia, Anthony Grant, John Capellos, Inte Kim, Chuck Karuklis, Richard McMonagall, Alex Ruiz, Lorenzo Villanueva, Cecily Williams, and Michael Wolner. Sound design and mixing by Rory O'Shea. 
Original score and composition by Yeroon Kraman. Production manager, Alexis Latshaw. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Adrenaline is produced by Mary Asadolahi and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Neil Helligers. Audio editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Marcus Bagala. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Adrenaline by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.